Okay, good evening to everyone. Well, at least it's the evening while I'm recording this. It's an actually pretty rainy day in Mexico City. Pretty rainy afternoon. Um, well, thank you very much for listening, uh, for taking the time to take a couple of minutes out of your life to remember the importance of being earnest. And yes, we're talking about the play from Oscar Wilde. Um... Uh, as I was saying, we're going to take a couple of minutes to discuss a little bit about its importance. And yes, that was a joke. A fun, actually. And uh, But also we're going to be talking about uh, some symbols and motives. And why the hell is this play so important for English literature? And specifically for Victorian era literature. So our starting point is going to be Oscar Wilde. He was an Irish uh, writer from Dublin. His parents were part of a real high social status. And even though he turned out to be in the same or even higher social status in England than his parents were, uh, he was always uh, aware, conscious, and even uh, a critic of, of his own social position. He realized and uh, never embraced the, the manners of the Victorian era he made quite an honor for his last name because he indeed had a wild personality. Um, he was a real punk ahead of his era. Uh, first things first, he was actually condemned to be in jail a couple of times for being gay. Yes, I mean, that's, that's a, a real state crime right now, but back at the time it was a real thing. Uh, Victorian era was one of the most uh, oppressed and moral eras ever. Even though they had the the growing of the of the of the working class, uh, they managed to keep them under a moral rectitude uh, compass, and uh, that was quite a subject for a while to critic. Uh, in the importance of being earnest, this critic is actually um, We can talk about, for example, the double life, uh, which seems to be actually the central metaphor or the central symbol in the play. And uh, it's actually epitomized by, uh, on the notion of, of Bunbury or, or the action of Bunburying as it was defined by Algernon, uh, bumbering is the practice of creating an elaborate deception that allows one to misbehave while seeming to uphold the very highest standards of duty and responsibility. Jack's imaginary, wayward brother Ernest, is a device not only for escaping social and moral obligations, but also one that allows Jack to appear far more moral and responsible than he actually is. And similarly, Algernon's imaginary uh, invalid friend, Bembury, allows Algernon to escape to the country, where he presumably imposes on people who don't know him in much the same way he imposes on Cecily, for example. Uh, well, all the while, he seems to be demonstrating Christian charity. Now, uh, this is an important fact because the practice of visiting the poor and the sick was a staple activity among the Victorian upper and upper middle classes, and it was considered a public duty. Uh, well, holy crap, public duty. 
and and that was actually pretty cool. But the difference between Jack and uh, what Jack does and what Algernon does, however, is that Jack not only pretends to be something he is not, that is uh, completely virtuous, but also routinely pretends to be someone he is not, which is actually incredibly different. This sort of deception suggests a far more serious and profound degree of hypocrisy. Through these various enactments of double lives, Weld suggests uh, that the general hypocrisy of the Victorian mindset was quite the, the decadence reason of the, of the social status. Uh, we also have the figure of picture and, and writing as a real low-key subject to talk about uh, censorship and what is and what is not acceptable. Writing and the idea of fiction figure into play in a variety of important ways. Algernon, when the play opens, has begun to suspect that Jack's life is at least partly a fiction, which, thanks to the invented brother Ernest, it is. Bimber is also a fiction. When Algernon says in the first act, more than half of modern culture depends on what one shouldn't read, he may be making a veiled reference to fiction, or at least reading material perceived to be immoral. Uh, for example, in the second act, I remember the part uh, where the idea of fiction actually develops a little bit more with uh, when Cicely speaks dismissively of uh, three-volume novels, and Miss Prism tells, tells her she once wrote one herself. That is a clear allusion to a mysterious past life that a contemporary audience would have recognized as a stock of element of stage melodrama. Uh, Cicely's diary is sort of a fiction as well. In it, she has recorded an invented romance whose details and developments she has entirely imagined. When Cecily and Gwendolyn seek to establish their respective claims on Ernest Worthing, each appeals to the diary in which she recorded the date of her engagement, as though the mere fact of having written something down makes it fact. Whew. Ultimately, uh, fiction becomes related to the notion of life as an art form. Several of the characters attempt to create a fictional life for themselves, which then, in some capacity, becomes real. Wilde seems to regard as the most fundamentally moral those who not only feel freely to admit creating fictions for themselves, but who actually take pride in doing so. And, uh, okay, well, given the short time that we are planning to do this podcast, uh, we're going to be closing right now with that idea. These two elements are like the most key important elements that we have to understand the play. Both uh, the fiction, uh, well, the figure, the figure of the fiction and writing, and the duality, uh, the, the dichotomy of the double life among the main characters is also incredibly important. Uh, first, because one face is the moral hypocrisy that the Victorian era used to, used to have, and the other one is how oppressed uh, their social uh, their social life was. They were limited to just seem to be nice and good people, and never to admit uh, to admit the or embrace their human nature, their wildest nature. Thank you very much for listening. Um, again, this is Emilio, your host. We'll see each other soon. Have a nice one.